20 yards out! That is a jewel from Jimmy! On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fordiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. It's all about satisfaction on a Wednesday afternoon. Carlos delivers that in spades. Hello, mate. How are you, Half? I heard that you described me as a big man coming up. Uh, I was... Uh, Actually, you know, those people out there obviously questioning my credentials week in, week out. Say, who the hell is this Carlos Alberto Diego? Everyone knows. I do tell people that I was the Carlos Alberto Diego or Carlos Alberto that scored the fantastic goal in 1970 for the. But I don't like to talk about it for Brazil. No, you don't. uh, Don't ask you. Yeah, it was the fourth goal in the 4 1 win over Italy, uh, running on in stride and just striking off Malaysia. One of your finest moments. But in fact, I I actually was an undersized, uh, you know, nuggety centre half with a heavy touch. I wasn't. I wasn't the big guy. <laughs> you're the big guy. You're a centre half, mate. You're the big guy. We yeah. rely on you. You're a. You're a really key pillar in our yeah. defence. Yeah. I, I used to. I used to call very loudly for the ball, and that's. Uh, I think it used to scare the opposition a bit. But that. That's my credentials. But I played many, many years in the pub leagues, and uh, and I trained as hard as any professional did half. Any professional. I trained as hard as any professional in the world. Did you? And I got... Uh, as often as them? Yeah, I had to because I really had no ability at all. But uh, but loved every moment of it. My understanding was the defense of your team was to keep it out of your feet. <laughs> Just keep it away from your feet was the defense. Absolutely. Uh, no, you're a man of great credentials around here and we love your work every single week. And what we do love is the... Um, the support, the groundswell of support for this FFA Cup thing, Carlos. It was a more round um, 32 action last mm. night. But, uh, yeah. Where, where was, was it? it? Where was it on two? Where was it, Carlos? They, they've kept that quiet half. I mean, last week we were raving about the, the fact that it was the, it was romantic. There were penalty saves. There were heroes to villains. There were, as we said, uh, target men with heavy touches. And, uh, heavy and we had little, little kids on debut who scored goals and then got sent off. And, and goalkeepers who saved penalties. And got, had everything last week. Had everything, and it was all on. They played on minefields everywhere, so there was no no great surfaces and and uh, really sub, a lot of suburban type uh, facility. Yeah, and uh, we loved it, and we we were able to see it and love it. Where but last was night it, it wasn't on TV, so I, you know you've got some connections there at Fox. Ask well, the question. Surely everyone show? raved about it so much last uh, last week, even if they didn't have it in their plans. To uh, to broadcast it live or do it in in, in even a replay format, um, you'd think that uh, after last week and and the groundswell and and the absolute absolute uh, you know um, kudos it was getting uh, you know in the next three or four days afterwards people couldn't stop talking about it. Surely they would have had a rethink and think, okay, well, okay, we didn't bludge it for this, but let's let's maybe see what, what huge, we can do. Yeah, success, huge success. The, the results for those that were interested that couldn't see it. Uh, Perth Glory defeated Newcastle two 0 The Adelaide team stepped up last night. Yeah, Pete on the road. I'm with you. Where's Peacock? We demand <laughs> answers. We're going to try and track him down right now. The R&D department. Little uh, jockey at the back is trying to ride his horse to the phone and see if we can track down Mr. Peacock. St. Albans Saints. St. Albans Saints, Yes, mate. I know. We 1-0 picked it. over Parramatta FC. We away from home. This. Away from home. And this is a Parramatta 
Parramatta team that uh, used to be known as Parramatta Melita Eagles that won things uh, in the old NSL. So they're a former big club. And they won uh, things. yeah, they won things. They won uh, national cups and so forth. Did so they? They were good, yeah, a very good team many years ago. Uh, Roel Blanco, actually, a former Socceroo coach and also Oldaroo coach, coached them for many years, and they were known for very, very uh, aesthetic style of play. Uh, uh, they played really, really great possession-based football, and um, and uh, our very own St Albans Saints went away from home during the week. You know, it's a, it's a working week. Yes. They went away from home and just smashed and grabbed a 1-0 win. And Barry Devlin, the guy who scored, uh, talk about romantic stories. Yes. This guy's normally a centre-half, right? Oh. They threw him up front because they were one short up front. He scores a cracker. Barry. He scores a cracker from outside the box, top corner. And uh, and this is what he said, half. What he say? said, uh, it's, a, it's a feeling I can't describe. I swear to God. I swear to God, mate. Yeah, if he mate was at Effie, the end, would have yeah, that yeah, off. Yeah, if he was Effie, I would have said, uh, I swear to God, mate. But, uh, mate would have been excellent there. Yeah, well, so that's I Barry Dillon. why I didn't see that. Adam Peacock is the face of soccer in, <laughs> in Australia on Fox Sports, and he, he's going to explain what the hell's going on. Peacock, good afternoon. Half, how are you going? I'm going well, thanks. Carlos with me. Why didn't we have the FFA Cup last night, mate? It was always in the plan, yeah. Ideally, and you're talking to a guy from the football department, we'd love to do absolutely everything. Yes. But sometimes that ain't possible. So, yeah, it was always in the plan. Just to give it a test, I mean, it's the first year of the FFA Cup. We've got no concept, actually, how it's going to go. But we think it'll go well, but a fair idea. So we just wanted to give it a test at night one, and technically speaking, it's not one of those things that you can, because we've got cameras at every ground, we want to do it properly. Love it's not one of those things that you can just go, click your fingers and go, yeah, let's do it top thing. There's a fair bit that goes into it. So we, we planned for this uh, to do the opening one, and then round of 16 onwards, we're doing everything. So, yeah, we, right. it, it, I can understand why you'd be a little bit frustrated. You look at it and go, week one you did it, and then week two you, 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 you've dropped it, dropped it fully and type thing. We are paying, still paying attention to it, but it was just the, just the way it worked out. And we've got a heap going on behind the scenes, obviously, with preparations for the new season, Premier League coming up, the La Liga coming yep. up, uh, new um, A-League season coming up. We've got Champions League, uh, AFC Champions League with the Western Sydney Wanderers. So there's a bit on, um, and it's just the way we planned it. And, yeah, it's, it's just the way it's, um, it's why it's turned out, but we will be back from the round of 16. Adam, it's Carlos. Uh, congratulations on last week. I thought it was a fantastic presentation by Fox Sports, but I'm leading the way. I'm outraged. I'm not just frustrated. <laughs> I'm outraged. And uh, and the the other thing too. Uh, surely in your in your post uh, you know broadcast meetings over the next couple of days, where you're sort of there and you and you're congratulating each other on how fantastic the broadcast was, did someone mention, hey? Should, I, know we, I know what we planned, but maybe we should back this up with a, a few more of these nights because it was a terrific uh, uh, presentation and everyone loved it. Yeah, true, but 30,000 people, the ratings were 30,000 people. So it wasn't as, as if it blew the minds of everyone in here in terms of a ratings thing. And it, it's not all about that, obviously. I'm not going to stand here and say that it's all about we're a ratings-based business and everything counts on that. That's what free-to-air networks do. That's what they're about. But yes. it, it does come into it a little bit. It didn't exactly blow our socks off the, the way it rated. That's like at the lowest end of an A-League game type thing. Okay, there was no A-League clubs involved and it was all grassroots clubs or, or state-league clubs. Um, it was a fantastic night. I totally agree with you. I'd, I'd love to be sitting there standing doing a stack more, but it, it was just the way it all worked out. And um, as mentioned, organising something like that with three other cameras and the outside broadcast on the Tuesday night somewhere where we don't ordinarily do them. 
it's not an easy task. Well, we do understand the pressures of uh, television and production and uh, commercial realities. We do understand that. But we just it was great feedback last week. The romance is alive in the FFA Cup, and I'm sure you'll be tapping into that in weeks to come, Peacock. And always nice to chat. We'll, All good. We'll catch you All soon. good, boys. We're broadcasting the draw on. We're doing the draw from Fox Sports Studios on August 22 for the next round, and then it's all into it. So uh, yeah, hopefully everyone can and hook into it again, and um, we can build the ratings and, and build this whole thing because it's a fabulous concept. Get your eyeballs on the box, get some numbers up, and that'll make it a bit different too. Thank you, mate. Great to chat. Cheers, boys. Adam Peacock, the face and voice of soccer in this country, without a doubt, at Fox Sports, does a great job. You probably understand that from a uh, broadcast point of view. No, but I mean, the, not, the not raging yet. success, <laughs> even though we thought it was a raging success, <laughs> thirty thousand across the nation, yeah. not overly. Yeah, but you know, there might have, there might have been thirty thousand watching it, right? But the way everyone went on about it afterwards, yes, no, the, uh, the, 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 way, the amount of media, the you know, it was on Channel Nine News. It was, I mean, it was all over the place. The romance coming, and yeah, the the giant killing performances that was that made headline news in sport. And actually, in the, in the middle of an AFL season too, it was taking a little bit of AFL. News away. Surely, from a marketing point of view, yes. surely from uh, you know uh, something that you want to build into the future and see, hey, this has got something. If we actually present this properly, we may have got double or even triple the figures this week. Yes. And uh, and who knows if you keep on? I mean, last night's games. I saw some highlights on the web, and they were as they were just as uh, cutthroat. Some of those games. Some you know, one of them went to penalties, and there was a there was dr- drama or left, right, and centre. So yeah, yeah. Look again. I don't run a TV network. So I'm speaking as a fan. Yeah, I know. The Carlos Alberto TV <laughs> network should, should do something about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm speaking as a fan now, and uh, and I was so disappointed. I actually had people texting me last night. Where is it? Are they starting late tonight, or is it is it on another, another uh, on another night? I mean, uh, very disappointed that it wasn't on. Well, uh, from the round of sixteen, what we did get out of that from Adam was that from the round of sixteen, everything will be covered live. So that's good news. Romance has gone in the round of sixteen. Except that, no, there will be a couple well, of teams. No, there's yeah, a couple. It's true, there, yeah, but no, you've got to remember when yeah. you're thinking uh, we're broadcasting this to the nation. And we've got sloppy prongs with heavy feet, <laughs> with a heavy touch. heavy touch. We don't want to be putting that out there on the box for everyone to see. We're wasting our time. That's Phil the, the best part Taylor of it. could it's be hitting one eighties. It's the best part of it when you've got the dodgy prongs with the heavy touch because it gives hope to all the rest of us, even in our forties and fifties, that we can maybe put the put the boots on and play for the local club. And one day you might be able to still kick around. Well, what I'd suggest, Carlos, is for all those people who are frustrated off the SMS and the fans like you, Carlos, that are just up in arms, literally in anger here in the studio, uh, what you need to do is get your eyes on the box next for the round of 16 when they next do it, the Foxtel team, the Fox Sports team for the FFA Cup. Because, no, Crazy, they haven't given us sweet FFA. <laughs> they gave us a good night round one just to test the water. Got to watch it to get more of it. And that makes perfect sense to me. 19 plus one more Carlos after the break on halftime. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us on halftime. We just need to go through, wrap up the uh, FFA Cup results too, Carlos. And we mentioned the mighty St. Albans Saints. Well done to them. 1-0 over Parramatta. On the road by the Sainers. Good stuff. South Hobart and Tuggeranong played a one-all draw. Uh, the boys at Tuggeranong United, 5-4 on penalties, Carlos. Yeah, and the star there was uh, Rowan Shepherd in goals. Yep. Now, uh, this is what the coach said. Steve Forshaw said this about the keeper. Fantastic keeper, isn't he? His distribution was as bad as you'll ever see, but his shot stopping was fantastic. I swear to God. <laughs> 
Uh, Adelaide United, another clash of the A-League teams too in a pre-season competition. Uh, defeated Wellington Phoenix 1-0 Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, and uh, look, the A-League games were probably the ones that were a little bit more dour and people are sort of uh, still in pre-season mode. And uh, and uh, I think the highlight there was Andy Keogh scoring two goals. The Republic of Ireland International has done really well since he's joined Perth Glory. He could be a bit of a prolific prong for them half. Oh. Uh, a potent, prolific, precocious prong. Oh, terrific! Uh, for them, and uh, he's got, he scored two last night. And of course, uh, Adelaide United uh, defeated Wellington Phoenix. And the interesting part there was Ernie Merrick was banned from sitting uh, on the bench because he refused to sign a code of conduct, the FFA Cup code of conduct, before the game. So he was banished to the stands. So he couldn't even sit by. I don't think. I think it was he was uh, almost sent off before Did the game even started. Megaphone? Was he doing it via I'm not, megaphone? Not sure. Not sure. I'd love to know why he didn't sign why a code. I mean, what, what's in this code of conduct that you don't want to sign? Surely I don't know. it would be the same as the FFA's A League code of conduct. I don't know. Surely, wouldn't it? I don't know. Not sure. We'll have to ask Ernie. Well, maybe that's because uh, Anthony Hudson, the great All Whites coach, of course, is there, <laughs> wants to be a part of it. We, we heard today from our New Zealand crew that uh, yep. he's going to take half a training, and Ernie's going to take half a training, and. It's good to set it up that way. Fantastic. Fantastic. The captain of the commentary team just taking over there Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, in New Zealand football. That's for another day. Um, Melbourne City, uh, lots talked about. that We heard Scotty Munn talking about uh, the possibility, although he didn't give us much, about Josh Kennedy coming to town and being a part of City's first year in the, the A-League. Robin Essendon wants to talk City. G'day, Rob. G'day, boys. Um, Alberto, I'm an AFL person, but I love the Ram Ball Code. I'm thinking of joining with my son this year. Can you convince me that they're going to be a shot at the title? Um, I know David V is coming for 10 games, but can you tell me a little bit about the marquee signing? I think it, is his name Corrin? Yeah, Corrin. Yeah, Robert Corrin. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I can't guarantee anything because uh, I've seen time and time again when you throw you know, superstars together um, that they don't that they fall apart. It really depends. And also, David V is only coming for a 10-game stint. So uh, to guarantee you success, I don't know. It's just something that uh, we we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to wait to see. Uh, this is they've, sport. They've certainly got the right coach uh, in John Van Skip. If anyone's going to get the best out of the, the cattle he's got, uh, and a guy who's done more than any of these players you know, would do in their career too, he's such a high-profile player himself, respected around the world, and coaching Melbourne City, John Van Skip will get the best out of this group. Whether they're going to be successful, we'll have to wait and see, but certainly they've got the names. And uh, But, you know, what worries me a little bit was is David Villa coming for 10 games. Who are they going to replace him with uh, afterwards? There's talk maybe of someone like a Josh Kennedy maybe at the end of the J-League season, which is at the end of December or close to the end of December when David Villa goes. They'll just replace David Villa with Josh Kennedy. That might be a good one, but again, he's coming halfway through the season. But Big names. If you're looking for big names, Rob, and you're looking for players that could excite you, uh, Robert Corrin is a is a uh, Slovenian international. Played at the highest. Played for Hull City over a number of years. I think he captained Hull City up until last year. Played a high level in England. Uh, super professional. I saw him. I saw uh, an interview with him on the web yesterday, and they had glimpses of him training. And he looks a really mobile, clever sort of player. So. Um, yeah, I know there's been some arguments about whether he should have been marquee player, and that's an oh, argument. We'll have, that, yeah, we'll have a debate about that in a minute. But uh, he certainly is a bloke that I think uh, will help them win games uh, rather than just being a big name to draw people into the into the stadium. So sign up anyway, mate. Sign up. You and your kids sign up and enjoy it. And uh, whatever happens this year, just enjoy the ride. That's good advice, I reckon, Carlos. Rob, good luck uh, signing up for Melbourne City. I'm sure Scotty might will be listening. and be very pleased to hear that, uh, new fans coming on board this year. You mentioned Robert Corrin. 
Uh, we, I was talking to JP Howcroft mm. yesterday about this, and he suggested that he's not marquee material. I wanted to know what marquee material is. Because yeah. he was saying, Jonathan was saying, you can give us more feedback on this if you like, that he is, he could be one of, if not the best player in the competition. And I would have thought that that type of player, the quality of player, should be a, a marquee player. Yeah. But the Bums on Seeds marketing brigade uh, seems to be very important in the marquee type number. Is that is that fair enough? Do you think Corrin's a marquee type player? Um, if you're looking, if you're comparing him against uh, an Alessandro Del Piero, for example, on a world scale, uh, he's not going to send shockwaves around the world that he's dry, that he's signed with Melbourne City as Del Piero did with Sydney. FC. Yeah. I tra- I've travelled around the world since Del Piero's joined our A-League and everyone talks about the A-League because of Del Piero. They won't be necessarily talking about the A-League, with all due respect to Robert Corrin, they won't be talking about the A-League because of that. Now, uh, so the value beyond the team uh, to the league, uh, I think we're, we're getting a damn good player. I think we're getting a player that's going to help Melbourne City win games. But should the club worry about the value beyond their club? Well, this is more of an FFA issue, I believe, and, and the whole whole of game issue. Uh, if you're a club like Sydney that believes they're a big club and they're in a big, big market, I think it's important for them to have a Del Piero. But don't bring a Del Piero unless you've got a team around him that's going to win games. Because Del Piero, as was shown, was not going to necessarily win your games. He had brilliant moments. Yeah. Robert Corrin, with, uh, with the side that uh, City can put together, uh, he'll be just another building block in that team, a very, very good one that will help him win games. Yeah, Damien Duff's well-known on a world scale, so people would have taken notice that uh, he's joined the club. David Villa, I think, even though he's coming as a guest player, is in effect their marquee player. And uh, around the world, they're, they're, they know Melbourne City now because of David Villa joining. So... For me, that's their marquee player. Did they need another marquee player you know, to do the same? I don't think they did. Uh, they just needed a good player that's going to help them win games. It could be disruptive enough that uh, V is coming for 10 games. It, it, and, then, and then who's coming in to fill the void afterwards? Is it Josh Kennedy and will he take time to, uh, to you know, blend with all the other guys? So uh, cities, Melbourne City's probably more of a... Not not so much of a big issue with uh, with uh, Corin being the marquee player, given that they got a Via. Yep. But if he was a, like Sydney, for example, they got a, a Marco Yanko, who's the Marco Austrian. Yanko. He's an Austrian captain, striker, big big guy, um, much in the vein of uh, someone like a Josh Kennedy. Scores scored seventeen goals in forty games uh, for Austria, and I think he's playing at a high level still. He's uh, thirty one years old. He's again not one of these guys. It's a Del Piero type brand, but he'll go and help them win games. Is that the way that uh, Graham Arnold's going to go? He's going to go with just really good players, build a great side, and hopefully get the people in that way. Uh, it's a very different model to when they got Del Piero in, and that really drove their marketing. That that uh, that model seems to work okay at Brisbane, though, hasn't it, with players like Broish and Berisha? Absolutely. But then again, you, you ask questions about what's the average crowd, after all, even after winning premierships, uh, at somewhere like a, a Brisbane uh, Raw. I don't know, maybe it's 15,000 people. Uh, if you if you brought a Del Piero into that market and have Broish and Barisha around him, maybe you, you might get it up to thirty thousand. So you might argue that Brisbane Raw still don't get the huge numbers that a Melbourne Victory does. I, you know, I would have loved to have seen, and I don't know whether Ange had the opportunity. I think he did to sign um, uh, Del Piero. You know, Del Piero in a very very good Melbourne Victory team, the biggest club in Australia. You, you, you know, I think you'd get, you know, especially if they were winning and Del Piero was just finishing things off for them. You know, thirty five to forty thousand. I think that that would be a fair, 
you know, a fair figure because they do, you know, when they're running really well with a team that's not full of necessarily big players, uh, they get twenty five to 30,000 anyway, Melbourne victory. All right, Kane and Meredith wants to talk about Robert Corrin. G'day, Kane. G'day, guys. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Good, mate. That's good. Um, look, just on the crowd figures and all that and whether he's worth the marquee signing, um, I believe he is just purely because um, of what he's going to do on field for the mm. side. Now, you've, you've said that. Obviously, you've just been speaking to that, about that before. But if you look at all the good sides, Shinji Ono, Thomas Boyd, these sort of guys, they weren't big names when they came out. But they've impacted on their side in a positive way, um, you know, in, other than things like crowd figures. Um, if you look at the crowd figures for Sydney, for Del Piero and that sort of thing, they fall away anyway. Like, at first, you get the big hype and everyone wants to go see him. But after a while, you know, he's been there for a year. You've seen, you've been there, seen that. Yeah, but Kane, I'd argue that that may have fallen away because their team was rubbish, basically. And uh, they had this uh, gem in amongst uh, a, a team that just was a really bad team and not really well coached either. So... If you had a team that won every week and Del Piero was just the icing on the cake and suddenly free kick goals and, you know, the flicks here, the flicks there, the odd, you know, spectacular goal, plus what else you could add to that team, I think that the crowds wouldn't fall, fall away as much because I think that the team would be winning and people would be coming. Kane, thank you for your call. Start on the line. You've got lunch for two people. Valued at 50 bucks at the Sporting Globe. Brand new place. Well, not a brand new place. Revamp place. 30 screens. You'll be hard-pressed not to find your sport always live. Bridge Road in Richmond. Two bowls of red and white wine from AR Property Investments. We solved the property investment puzzle for you in Ford Travel Padlocks thanks to ABUS. If you love it, lock it with ABUS. We'll come back after the break with more calls. More Carlos, 27-2 on halftime. A little bit of sister kissing going on there. I would have thought Carlos, <laughs> the International Champions Cup. But uh, United have got another piece of silverware in the cabinet. They'll be happy about that in the preseason. Yeah, look, the only thing we know about preseason tournaments is uh, the preseason tournaments, tournaments mean nothing. Correct. That's the only thing we know about them, except it's better to win them than not. And uh, Louis van Gaal, you know, in the position he's in, under-promising, over-delivering, well, has done a really good job. I mean, all, he, all he's doing is, is pitted the players against each other at Man U and said, listen, when we get back to Manchester, I'm going to have to cull some of you guys. I'm going to have to tell you guys to... Because apparently he's got to make some decisions to cut the squad and bring some other players in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they all played for their lives, really. And that's, uh, you know, that's why they've uh, all lifted. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, when the EPL starts. All right, we've got plenty of calls on the line, Carlos. I want to talk to you about some uh, Aussie transfers at the moment. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Johnny Mooney Ponds is first up. G'day, John. Yeah, hi guys. How are we? Good, mate. Uh, Carlos, um, just with some of the transfers, especially uh, Jason Davidson, that's kind of made me think about a couple others in the past regards Australian players. We, I, I find that we have, you know, we've been brought up on EPL in UK, and I find that we have this fascination of really being desperate to make in UK and um, you know if if we have an Australian player playing in Belgium or Switzerland or Holland we seem to be going well that's not the league where we want to go but I just you know I I find that uh, Jason Davidson uh, transfer I know he's had a few issues with with his club but find it forced and I I find that that, you know going to Premier League unless you're an already made player you you just you can be you can be loaned out to farmed out to League One or League Two. Look at Massimo Luongo, for example, at Spurs. He was an up and coming star. He's playing in League One or League Two. I, I just don't understand when people leave A League, even like for example Adam Taggart. There's interest from 
Bundesliga clubs and Switzerland and Holland, and we tend to think to wanting to go to UK and, you know, no disrespect to Championship League or League One, but if I was to go and watch Rotherham against Doncaster Rovers or victory against uh, Brisbane Raw, I know which game I'd want to go and watch. I just, you know, for development of the of the of the football at the age of 21, 22, you want to go to leagues where there's culture to produce players, to develop players. In- Johnny, I need you to draw a breath there for a second. Just hold fire. We're going to get you a response from Carlos. A good. Unbelievable words in, in a minute there. Uh, Carlos, our man is Jason Davidson. He's, he's half-time zone. Our very own. Our very own. Our very own. He's gone to West Brom in the, the EPL. Do you think yep. that uh, Johnny's got a point, that there is this fascination with making it in the UK system? He had, uh, from, my, from what I heard, uh, and from pretty good source, he had a, three Bundesliga clubs who were inquiring about him. Mm. Uh, a couple of Italian clubs inquired about him. And there was a, more than uh, two. I think there was three English clubs. So I think, I think it was serious, though, Carlos. Oh no, they you know they, when they start talking. Uh, but it was a timing issue also because they had he had this issue with his uh, Dutch club. He just wouldn't let go. Right. He thought he was a free player, but at the end of the day, the uh, Dutch club had the some activated the clause. Yeah, some clause that some invisible clause that uh, apparently he intimated during last Christmas that he may stay and because he said that they activated the clause knowing he was going to go to a World Cup and do well uh, just to maybe to address uh, John's comments about you know Massimo Luongo and so forth he went as a, as a youth player did very very well at Spurs in fact he was on the, on the cusp of getting game time there uh, and in the end he had to go to Swindon Town to, to start playing senior football Jason Davidson just played a World Cup and uh, as I said, he's been identified with a number of uh, mid-range clubs in those leagues. I'm not saying the Bay Munichs are after him, but mid-range clubs who really like the way he went about it. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and so he's, he's a very different case. Uh, what will probably, if you don't see him in the team straight away, it was more because he's only allowed to start training with the team now. Uh, he's been basically off training by himself up until this point in time. Right. And they start the EPL in two weeks' time. Now, uh, if he gets in the side's you know, immediately, it means, you know, they've really signed him to, to bring him in there and they'll let him sort of sink or swim. Uh, if they really want him, to, you know, have him there as competition, they'll wait a bit longer and make sure he's as fit as uh, he can be and he can compete against whoever else is most likely a left-back position. Uh, but, look, you know, what do you say? Tim Cale, uh, you know, I saw an interview with Jason today on the web. Uh, you know, West Bromwich Albion Media guy was interviewing him and... and yep he mentioned how much influence did Tim Cale have on your decision? And he goes, a huge amount of influence in that Tim Cale advised him to go, uh, not only as a footballer, but also by way of exposure for, for yourself as a footballer. Uh, everyone's watching EPL football every, around the world every week. And uh, exposure as a footballer is a 23-year-old. If you start playing well, suddenly, you know, there's a lot of opportunities in the second half of your career too. So Timmy's uh, advice was to, for him to go. And just work his butt off and do his best and try and get some success. He's got a two-year contract with West Bromwich Albion, and uh, it really depends on how he goes over the next two years. Will determine about where he goes next. So, in short, no problem from your end. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him in Germany to tell you the truth. So, I'm a little bit uh, with John because I think technically, if you start building, if you if you're a good player in the Bundesliga in the first half of your career, you can go anywhere around the world and command big money and be a big player. Mm internationally and also club football. If you go to Bundesliga and you survive and do really well there. EPL, I'm not sure, because the standard for me, uh, West Bromwich Albion standard, uh, and actually I'm not, I'm not going to have a crack at that because West Bromwich Albion are a professional team in the EPL, but there is talk about, you know, you, 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 you don't need to have all the qualities 
to play in the EPL that you have in the Bundesliga. And that might be a bit tough uh, to say that, but there is this perception that that's, that's the case. Uh, thank you, John, for your call. A lot of words there, and Carlos has uh, backed it up with plenty more. 14 to 2, and need to get to another break. Steve and John, we're coming straight to you after this for more discussion on the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego. Carlos is with us, more calls, 9.49, 11.16 on the open line. Steve in Doncaster, thanks for holding. G'day. G'day, boys. Um, Carlos, just in relation to uh, Jason Davidson, um, what would be a pass mark for this year for him and also, you know, do you think he's going to get some some regular game time? And is he anything like he, like his dad? Because his dad was an absolute mm. um, unbelievable player back, you know, when he was playing for South Melbourne Hellas and, and a couple of other teams. I mean, you know, you could just stay up all night, and, you know, just to just to watch him play. And an unbelievable human being as well. He's an actually great person because I've had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times too. Yeah, no, Steve, you're spot on about the Davidson clan. They're all terrific people. And uh, I've got to say, what was passed on uh, by Alan to his son, uh, those same qualities there. I've been lucky enough to meet Jason. We've had him in the studio here, and he's just a wonderful young man. And uh, what's a pass mark? Look, I think the pass mark for him is to play most of the games this season. Uh, he's not there to uh, be frozen out and playing youth team football or whatever. He's there to uh, to uh, play regular football, and that's why they were happy with the West Bromwich Albion, that mid-table sort of team where he can sort of really uh, uh, extend himself as much as possible, uh, be in, in you know basically viewed globally every week, uh, and uh, put put himself under that pressure. They don't shy away from any challenges. So, you know, people would have been really surprised by the way Jason played in the World Cup. Uh, I think we've still got a lot more to see of Jason Davidson personally. I think he's not anywhere near the maximum capacity at the moment. Flux capacitor there. Mm. Thank you, Steve, for your call. John's on the road. G'day, John. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, Mad Keen, victory member. Carlos, uh, just wondering two questions for you. Um, what's your opinion of the victory squad coming into this next season? How far do you think they can go this year? Well, uh, you know, I think that they're uh, starting to plug up some of the gaps they had last season. But Barisha, really, at the at the pointy end, it's going to score your goals. You got Valeri, who I rate really highly, uh, uh, sort of a defensive type midfielder who can score goals and get forward, and, and really he'll just eat up the A League. Uh, Matthew uh, Del Pierre is a centre half. Uh, again, they had problems with their central defenders last year, and Del Pierre uh, has got a fantastic pedigree. He's going to be great next to Mark Milligan too. Uh, we've got Archie Thompson. Going to be not the major bloke they've got to mark out. He's going to just got to have fun on the wing there, uh, and uh, and just uh, be play without pressure this year. I reckon uh, it depends on what Muskie gets out of him, but uh, I reckon victory are going to be up there. And uh, you know, I think they'd be quite happy with all the noise that's been made over the other side of town with Melbourne City because no one's really talking much about victory. But geez, the quality of those players, and I think there's room for one more. And I don't know what sort of a play they're making with Mark Bresciano, uh, but. Uh, you know, if they can pick him up, oh, spectacular! That uh, that midfield will be. What's Tracy doing? Good question. There's still, I, I, I still heard there's a chance of him staying at Victory, and if he stays, uh, he's just going to be a better player after last year's World Cup. So, um, you know, I, I'd be I'd be moving heaven and earth to keep James Tracy. I think he was, he was a good player last year. He's going to be even better now since the World Cup. Yeah, why not? And gee, that's a formidable team if they can keep him. All right, well, that's uh, the Melbourne victory update. Not too much, as you say, there's not too much news coming out of victory just at the minute. Oh, I all, think they're pretty happy about that. It's all the other side of town, mm. Melbourne City, and they're uh, not only from a senior level, but um, for, it's 
the community level as well, a bit of Melbourne City news. Absolutely, yeah. And if you're interested, of course, there's a there's a fantastic program that's been run at John Faulkner College in Faulkner, and uh, it's a Melbourne City College of Football program. But the actual launch of the program, we had that on on the on the. Uh, on the, the show here uh, last year, and uh, if you want to, if you want to basically live the life of a, a professional footballer and do your schooling at the same time, get to the information night on Wednesday, August the thirteenth. It's a, at the college campus at uh, Dukes Road in Faulkner. All you've got to do to register your uh, your intention to rock up is get to www.jfc.vic.edu.au. That's uh, jfc.vic. .edu.au uh, Check it out because if you love your football and you're going to school, there's a chance of actually having a bit of a pathway to the National Youth League through that program. Alright, we'll check that out on the website for more information on that. We'll get to a break Carlos. I want to talk about the All-Star Game coming up this weekend after this on Halftime. Carlos with me tonight from 11. He'll be back with the boys and the 40 Agos on SCN. Don't miss that. 11pm until midnight. Every Wednesday on Melbourne's Home of Sport. Carlos, uh, the All-Star Game is this weekend. The, the A-League, Circus. The A-League All-Stars. The Circus. Taking on the might of UV. <laughs> uh, looking forward to that. You, I'm just reading between the lines of your comments there, not overly a fan of this concept, Carlos. No, I, I, I want teams from overseas to come and play here. I'll yes. watch anything. Yes. Right? And I'll watch this circus too on the weekend. Why is it a circus? Because the fans pick the team. Isn't that good? Right? The minute the fans pick the team, we can't be serious. I'm, I'm sorry. And they pick the coach, all this sort of stuff. It should have been, for me, no. the previous year's grand final winners should be given the right to play the big team that's coming over. We saw the fantastic... We're not ready. We saw the fantastic display of a young Melbourne victory tied against um, Liverpool in front of 96,000 people. Yes. That absolutely... Um, accelerates the development of our young kids. It's a Melbourne Victory shirt. You get behind Melbourne Victory. It's fantastic. When you throw though. all the pretty boys from all the clubs together, all the ones that the fans love, love it. All the lazy fo- footballers, I call them. All of you know, all the lazy. Yeah, the lazy. It's thro- the cream of the crop, Carlos. Throw them all together. And you get beaten five one like we. That's not oh, for me. It's bad for the brand. It's not bad. And for the this brand. team after last night they drew nil all or something with the young soccerers and young soccerers were the better side by the way. No, we're just tuning up towards the big weekend game. We don't want to go too early in the young soccerers. We've got Uve uh, coming. Uh, this is just a marketing man spin doctor concept, and I'm not going to be told by marketing men's big doctors as I said like a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to be told what to think. It's a circus. It's not real. It's a chance for the and fans to own the game for a bit. They've picked this team. This is their crew out there this weekend against one of the mites of world football. The only thing that I'm looking forward to is the tears that Del Piero is going to shed because he's playing it in a team that he played for for 20 years. Tears, half. That's what I'm going to be looking for. That's just marketing tears. <laughs> the marketing man telling him to cry. And you're buying it, Carlos. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to 11 o'clock tonight. I want you to expand on that. I reckon uh, you're a sour old man. <laughs> you woke up the wrong side of the bed at a bucket of lemons for breakfast. Thanks, Thank sir. you, Carlos. My pleasure. <laughs> Go well tonight. 11 p.m. before Diego's on Melbourne's Home of Sport. Every Wednesday night, uh, you can punch on with him about that after 11 if you like. We're going to get to the news after 2 o'clock, find out all the latest in the world of sport. And then Jason Richardson after three as our hump day hero. Yeah, I've got a spring in my pants.